It takes a humble mind and a curious spirit to go past the hubris that ignorance and knowledge bring. Through questions, specific concerns are addressed, doubts are dissolved, and understanding is achieved, which is the goal of this podcast. We believe asking questions provides one of the quickest and most precise routes to understanding, which translates into the correct execution of actions and the attainment of desired outcomes. This is where Solomon Ray comes in. Solomon Ray is a prolific Bible teacher, executive leader, advisor and sponsor. Known for his love for Jesus Christ and people, wisdom and unique incursions into God's word to provide relevance, clarity and understanding for personal leadership and a more productive life in Christ Jesus through every area of life. We trust this podcast will help you provide clarity to the burning questions you've been harboring all these years. Let's delve into the podcast and listen attentively as Solomon Ray brings clarity, insight and understanding to some questions. Take a listen. Hello, I am Moses Ikundi from Oya Cameroon. Greetings to all. My doubt is about losing your salvation. I've been listening to teachers and many denominational rulers who stand on two sides as per this topic. On one hand, some believe that when you sin or when you go against the will of God, your salvation is lost and the Holy Spirit leaves you. And that salvation can be given back and all the Holy Spirit comes back to you only when you come back to God in repentance. But others stand on the fact that once saved, always saved. That means no matter what you do, your salvation is still with you. So I want to ask which of these two is factual, which of these two is really authentic. Thank you, sir. God bless. We are back with yet another exciting question today and an episode, of course. Welcome to Ask Solomon Ray podcast, your favorite show, and with your host, of course, myself, Solomon Ray. And in this podcast, our goal is to dissolve your doubts so you can perceive life and approach it correctly, understanding your Christian work with Jesus Christ and your Christian living with others, enabling you to maximize your time, purpose, and assignment for the glory of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once more, welcome, and let's start with a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for your life. Thank you, Father, for your nature. Thank you, Father, for not sparing yourself and for coming for us, even when we were yet very undeserving. What a love, what a compassion. We know your mercy is boundless. But every time we get to think about it and how it unravels in our life on a daily basis, we are challenged and, Lord, we are grateful. I am grateful for who you are. I'm grateful for how you think. I'm grateful for you are God and you are my Father. Thank you, Father. Father, for everything. I want to thank you for health. I want to thank you for healing. I want to thank you for provision. I want to thank you for the election of grace. I want to thank you for using my body and my voice to catapult your word 
into every nook and cranny in the globe, using me and my voice to release information, to release your word that instills understanding and that propels us into productivity in Christ Jesus and in our daily living with others, enabling us to maximize our time and walking in light with the assignment that you have for us. Lord, thank you for granting us understanding of your word because it's not possible for us to comprehend your word if you don't usher us in and you've been doing so from day one. You've granted us understanding of some very critical dimensions of your patience. Lord, we are grateful. And Lord, we know that even today, as we tackle this question, you are releasing understanding, not just to me, but to everyone listening. Not only will they be able to listen and comprehend, they'll be able to accept and defend all that you're teaching them and teaching us through this medium. Lord, start and end with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome once more to yet another sensational time where we learn, where we grow in our understanding of the word, of who Jesus is, of who God is, and of who we are in Christ Jesus. So let me just run through this once more, you know, how to use the podcast because it's very important that we understand how to use this. Um, the goal of this podcast is not just so we listen and we have a check mark in our to-do list that we've listened. It's really a tool. It's it's a tool, it's a resource for your Christian growth. So the first thing you should understand and that we should all understand that this is beyond just a podcast. It is a resource. It is a tool. I want us to understand that in that perspective because having the notion that it's just a podcast, we might just be tempted to listen from one episode to the next and just be playing. There is some value in that, of course, but I want us to look at it as a resource that we have at our disposal that enables us to receive information, the word of God. And I always urge everyone, particularly those who are under my tutelage every time you encounter the word always have a pen and paper be in your study mode because we are disciples and learners of Jesus Christ that's who we are we don't just gloss through information we more than gloss and glean through them but we kind of capitalize and focus on that information till we are one with the information that's a place of mastery so the first thing to understand is this is not just a podcast it is a resource for your Christian growth number one number two is to engage with the power of repetition don't just listen oh i've listened to this episode this week so i've checked the mark engage the power of repetition it has been proven that if you listen to an information just once you've retained just about 10 percent of the information the more you listen to just one information maybe seven times as at the report that i read seven times you retain about 70 percent and the highest place where you retain information is where you become a relay of that information through teaching through discussion and through application where you get involved with that information so engage the power of repetition and tell someone else teach someone else discuss with someone else let them listen to it and you guys discuss over it number three is to listen creatively meaning yes though i'm talking about we having a time of study and we have our daughters where we are taking down notes we can also listen to it you know creatively while we are in the kitchen and we are working 
working, we can have it on our speakers, we can have it on our smart TVs, we can have it on our smart watches, just playing and we can be listening to it while we are commuting from one area to another. Why waste that time in the taxi while you could as well just go through one or two episodes and you would have learned something that you did not hear and learn prior to that time. Number four is to listen in a community. Like I said before, engage other people, engage a friend, send it to him or her or to them and so that they can all listen and we all gather together to discourse on what we will all listen. So that's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we get to understand that which we are listening to share with others don't learn alone and don't unlearn alone because this podcast our goal is to present the scripture in its purest form and in that process like i'm going to talk about somewhere down we have a lot of unlearning to do so don't learn alone share with friends if it has been a blessing to you and you really acknowledge that then it will be good that you send to someone else you send to a friend you send to your wife your husband you send to your colleagues whoever people that have that see life in the same lens as you do so share with others and even someone who doesn't know christ and you want them to just understand and learn something new you can share with them you never know what the holy spirit can use to talk to someone so those are the five ways that i kind of like go to guide how to interact with this podcast so today we are going to be focusing on a question that came through by moses in cameroon we've had in this podcast some quite interesting questions all the questions have been very interesting and intriguing but the question of today or today's question is going to be a very challenging one not from my part of course i have some tingling because it is a make or break or a very hot topic that has been debated for a very long time in the body of Christ and we seem not to have gotten to a unanimous agreement and answer to that question and like you would have read from the topic from your podcast player are we saved once and for all or can we lose our salvation so Moses thank you very much for this question Moses is in Cameroon in Boya thank you very much so before we start because of the nature of this question I want to give us some preamble, some quick guides on walking with God. It's very important that I do this so we have the right frame of mind, the right attitude. We approach this episode with the right attitude. The first thing to note when you're walking with God and when you want to walk with God in a very distinct and intentional way, the first thing is to unlearn all what you've known prior to making that decision of walking with him intentionally i cannot overemphasize how important this point is be ready to unlearn all what you've known so far be ready to unlearn everything there are some things of course that the holy spirit and the word of god will still keep at bay because they resonate with the core nature of scripture but just have that notion within you that no matter what the scripture tells me no matter what god relates to me i'm ready to forgo everything that i've known so far everything i've been taught everything i've thought to be true growing up i'm ready to forfeit it so i can get the treasure that is hidden in scripture the parable of the hidden treasure you know 
this person finds a treasure in the field and goes and sells all what they have so they can come and get this treasure be ready to let go of many things that you have believed so far to be true that's number one number two let the word of god be true above everything else above your feeling your emotions your past and present knowledge your cultural and traditional leanings your human existential experiences let the word of god be true let the word of god be above everything else above how you feel about something be above how your emotions interact with a particular information many of us like strongholds are information systems that we've come to build a very strong affinity emotionally to them so it's difficult to detach ourselves from them it doesn't mean that they are true it just means that we are so emotionally connected to them So let God's word be above your feelings and emotions about circumstances, about ideas, about concepts. Let the word of God be far above your past and present knowledge or what you've learned before. Let the word of God be true above your cultural and traditional leanings. Because there is a dimension as you journey into Christ that you have, you must change your culture. You must come out of your traditional leaning come out from among them and be separate be different be ready to sever yourself from all of that be ready to believe the word of god beyond everything and above all be ready to believe and to throne the word of god above your human existential experiences because like you must have understood by now for those who are faithful listeners and keen listeners of this podcast our journey in christ is about undoing and what we'll learn today undoing everything from our human nature and conforming to the image of the christ embracing his divinity in us that's the journey so it has to do with putting the word of god beyond your human existential experiences and finally have the courage to believe and practice what god tells you in scripture even beyond your understanding have the courage to believe and practice what the scripture tells you even if you don't understand what it says let me tell you this the word of god is about the only information system where we are not called to understand before we practice we are called to believe the reason why we have to understand before we practice because every other information system under heaven is mad with a lot of inconsistency they are human born and they are very time sensitive they fluctuate they can work here and not work here but the reason why god says don't bother about trying to understand before you believe is because my word has been tried seven times and it is true it goes beyond time and space it works everywhere it works wherever it is it never fails so i'm sparing you the doubt or the fear of failure from my word because it always works so just believe and as you believe and start practicing understanding comes as you go what i've told you in this last part is a very very big reason why many of us have difficulties journeying in the world because we are coming to the world with a very very purely scientific mind which is not no i'm not against science i love tech and science i'm a very huge propounder of all what science does but the way we engage with the word we don't have to prove something before we certify it to be true that is the way of science you have to prove it it has to be factual and proven but with the word of god if you want to journey and be relevant in your walk with christ you must cultivate the courage to believe and practice what the word of god tells you even when you don't understand it understanding is a fruit of your communing with the word over time so those three things i've said are very important 
because what we are going to share here is going to mess up a lot of our theology. A lot of what we've been told is true. A lot of what we've come to accept as truth. It's very important. Therefore, in relation to this question, we have to understand that the born-again life is about accessing the life and nature of God and not mere sin removal from the human host. We have to understand this basic foundational truth that the word of God or the born-again experience is about accessing the life and nature of God more than it is sin removal from the human host. That is so crucial. I know this component of the life and nature of God is something that is still relatively very new in the body of Christ, but that is the core message. That is the core. That belief and that that truth forms the core of why Christ came and why he is doing everything that he's doing. The born-again life is about assessing the life and nature of God more than it is sin removal from the human host. Not that the sin removal is an issue, but it's just how we've come to understand it myself i understood that for a very long time what i'm sharing here is not something that you know i've known and everything this is just a pure mercy of god to reveal these things to me and because i used to believe that it's just about sin removal and you know all of that so there is a danger because the latter where we focus on sin removal from the human host it creates a whole notion that i call sin consciousness and the danger of sin consciousness is that we are blind to the grace of god the bible says we fall from grace you are falling from grace because all what christ has done is of no effect you want to still work out everything you want to still achieve god's righteousness by self-effort by meritocracy towards god sin nature causes us to operate by human nature we interpret god God from the lens of human nature and understanding. So that makes us to humanize God. We give God a lot of the human mindset and this humanizing of God has led to a lot of discrepancy in our belief system and how we work with God and even our overall Christian experience. So the danger of sin consciousness is a very crucial one that I have seen firsthand how this is torpedoing the life and the Christian life of so many people sad, destitute, these people are carrying a lot of weight on their shoulder, alright? So, the sin consciousness has that danger. So, always stay with scripture more than what you know, believe and have been taught to be true over the years. Always stay with scripture more than what you know, believe and have been taught to be true over the years. Stay with scripture. Let's read from Romans chapter 3 from verses 1 to 4 from the New King James Version. Verse 1. What advantage then has the Jew or what is the profit of circumcision? 2. Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. 3. For what if some did not believe? Would their unbelief make the righteousness of God without effect? 4. Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome come when you are judged. I'm reading the scripture to underline this principle. What should be guiding us all the time is let God be true and every man a liar. And God and his word are one. God's word is not less than God. The word of God is his person expressed. So his word and him are one. 
So let God's word be true and every man a liar. Never enthrone what you have known and what you know and what you believe and what you have been taught to be true over the years beyond scripture. Never do that. Because everything except the word of God has the natural capacity to lie to you and lead you into error. By the way, that's a quote that I just came up with. Everything except the word of God has the natural capacity to lie to you and lead you into error. That's why Christ said, you err because you you don't know the scriptures so the principle of error lies in the fact that you don't know i don't know we don't know the scriptures because the scripture is the very embodiment of god who is truth with life so never enthrone your experiences your feelings and emotions what you believe and what you've been taught to be true all these years beyond scripture all right so that said what is sin i'm going to keep it very simple what is sin Sin, simply put, is missing the mark. Now, this engenders a different question. What is the mark? So, it's like taking a bow and arrow or you're taking a stone and you're aiming at something. What you're aiming at is the mark. So, sin is missing the mark. Sin is intending to follow this authorized route, but now you're going on a different route. Sin, simply put, is missing the mark. And this, like I said, engenders a new question. What then is the mark? Or should I say, who then is the mark? The mark is not something you do. That's a big disclaimer there. Because when we focus on sin as what we do, something that we do, maybe I drink alcohol, maybe I smoke, maybe I go to nightclub. When you reduce sin to things that you do, you are not totally wrong, but you've missed the whole mark. And in trying to resolve the sin problem, you will not resolve it by just changing your behavior. The mark is not something you do. The mark is who you are meant to become listen and listen hard i'm taking my time and going slowly because this question is very technical so stay with me the mark is not something you do rather the mark is someone you're meant to become the moment we enthrone doing beyond being we will never resolve our problems with god in terms of becoming everything that god wants us to do because being is more important than doing your doing what you do your behavior the choice of your actions is determined by who you are so sin goes beyond just what you do. It goes right into who you are and who you are meant to become. So it means the mark is not about what you do, but someone you are meant to become. So who is that person? The mark is Jesus Christ. The mark is a person. The mark is Jesus. Follow me carefully. And when we end this episode, you are going to get an answer to this very, very hot question. The mark is a person and that person is Jesus the Bible says that God in Christ, his whole intention and purpose is that we should conform to the image of the Christ, therefore making him to be the firstborn of many brethren. That's the desire of God to have us become, to conform to the image of Christ. If you've been listening to this podcast from day one or from episode one, question one, you understand that this, one of the central thesis of all the questions that we've had, the mark is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. God wants us to conform to the image of the Christ. Because everything that God has to achieve through Jesus Christ will only be achieved when we become him. When we conform to his image. You're getting it. So now, 
what empowers all humans to miss the mark we are talking about first what is sin missing the mark number two what is the mark the mark is not something you do it is someone that you're meant to become it is who you're meant to become and therefore meaning the mark is a person so who is the person the person is jesus christ when we focus on sin as behavior we miss the point completely so what empowers all humans to miss the mark because that's the problem and i've hardly heard this in church circles all these years that's why i said scripture should be enthroned beyond everything else what empowers all humans to miss the mark it's simple the human nature or should I say, the corrupt human nature. After man fell, the human nature is what empowers man to miss the mark. Remember, I said the mark is a point that you are meant to hit or to meet. So there's something that should empower humans to always deviate, go to a different route and do something else. There's something that empowers man, empowers humans to miss the mark. And that is what God is dealing with. So because the mark is a person, we cannot become or conform to the image of Christ by just modeling behavior because behavior is generated from within. So if the mark is a person, meaning the sin problem is something within, it's in our being, not in our doing. Our doing is a manifestation of the problem, which is the being, which is the nature that we have within when we are born of our parents. So the human nature is what empowers all humans to miss the mark of becoming the express image of Jesus Christ. Let's read Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 from the Good News Translation. And it says, For what our human nature wants is opposed to what the spirit wants. And what the spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants. These two are enemies. And this means that you cannot do what you want to do. Are you seeing? Sin is perceived from God's perspective. And God has a mark for us. By God, I mean like in this context, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. God has a mark that he wants us to get to. He has someone that he wants us to conform to. He has someone that he wants us to become. But there is something that's always working in all men, all humans, to make sure they miss that mark. And we see here from Galatians 5.17 that the human nature is that thing that always derails man because what the human nature wants is totally opposite to what God wants so if God says the mark is Jesus Christ the human nature will say something else and by default the human nature becomes that problem that God faces where humans don't tend to naturally just want to meet the mark it has to be a lot of struggle the human nature what the human nature wants is opposed to what the spirit wants and what the spirit wants is opposed to what the human nature wants these two are enemies they have not said they have misunderstanding so they can reconcile somewhere along the line they are enemies these two are enemies so this means that you cannot do what you want to do or you cannot do what god expects you to do even if you want to do it and you're still operating by human nature you cannot so the human nature is really the sin problem someone will say the bible says the strength of sin is the law and it ends there true the bible says that the strength of sin is the law but what now empowers the law so that no man before christ could ever meet the demands of the law i'm just trying to kind of bring us to the point where we see that the human nature is really the sin problem that's where i'm going to the strength of the law is the weakness of human nature remember the strength of sin is the law but the strength now this is what i've added the strength of the law is the weakness of human nature meaning because of human nature human nature is very weak to meet the demands of the law 
and that empowers people now to sin because by default human nature cannot meet the standard of god human nature cannot function in the way of god because it's always antagonistic to what god wants let's read romans chapter 8 verses 3 to 9 and verse 15 from the good news translation we'll read a lot of scriptures today and i want to be always comfortable when a teacher or someone is trying to explain the bible or trying to explain spiritual things and is engaging in a lot of scripture because it is proof positive that what he or she is sharing are not personal conjectures but are what the bible is actually saying so let's read romans chapter 8 from verses 3 to 9 and 13 from the good news translation 3 i read what the law could not do because human nature was weak god did take note this is the new testament now after christ what the law could not do because human nature was weak god did he condemned sin in human nature by sending his own son who came with a nature like a sinful nature to do away with sin for god did this so that the righteous demands of the law might be fully satisfied in us who live according to the spirit and not according to human nature five those who live as their human nature tells them to have their minds controlled by what human nature wants those who live as the spirit tells them to have their minds controlled by what the spirit wants to be controlled by human nature results in death to be controlled by the spirit results in life and peace seven and so people become enemies of god when they are controlled by their human nature for they do not obey god's law and in fact they cannot obey it remember our previous verse when it said the human nature and the spirit what they want is opposite so when you live by human nature what you want is directly opposite to what the spirit wants so you cannot obey god's law eight those who obey their human nature cannot please god this is a very hard statement but very true so you see sin is not something you do sin originates from who you are so if you have to deal with the sin issue you have to change who you are you have to change your nature where we are going eight those who obey their human nature cannot please god is an emphatic no it's not maybe or sometimes cannot please god nine but you do not live as your human nature tells you to instead you live as the spirit tells you to if in fact the spirit lives in you whoever does not have the spirit of christ does not belong to him 13 and the last for if you live according to your human nature you are going to die but if by the spirit you put to death your sinful actions you will live let me repeat and amplify and try to explain slightly this 13th verse. But if you live according to your human nature, you are going to die. It's talking about your actions. Your actions will result in death. Not death in terms of like nothing will work humanly speaking. Things will work humanly speaking. Your business will grow. Everything can work humanly speaking. But God will never accept it. That's what he's saying here. By you are going to die. God will never accept it. If you live according to your human nature, you are going to die. Now that's why he says, but if by the spirit you put to death your sinful actions you see it's talking about the action there if you live according to your human nature every action you pose god is going to reject it it doesn't matter if you feed the whole of africa you feed the whole of america you feed the whole of asia the whole of europe you feed the whole world it doesn't matter if you take your money and give the poor and your life is flowing from your human nature your action your deeds everything is dead before god but if you live by the spirit all your actions will come to life it's very important that we understand this we must understand this 
So we have identified the fact that sin is missing the mark and the mark is not what you do or what I do. The mark is who you are meant to become, meaning the mark is a person and that person is Jesus Christ. Meaning sin is not what you do. Sin is from the human nature. That's what empowers humans to miss the mark. That's what empowers humans not to flow in the same direction with God. Because most of us don't understand what sin is. That's why we have a wrong notion of sin and we have a wrong understanding of how God deals with the sin problem. Yes, God says he takes away the sin. He's trying to simplify everything at the same time giving us clues and even explaining in the Bible how he does that. So how does God deal with the strength of sin, which is the human nature? How does God deal with the human nature? Because if you ask me, can we lose our salvation or are we saved once and for all? We have to understand what sin is. We have to understand how God deals with sin. Then we can get to our answer of that question. That's why I'm taking us through this route. And we are going to learn very soon. Just relax. So how does God deal with the human nature? Like you all know, those who have been following for a while, he does that by giving humans access to his life and nature. He does so by giving humans access to his life and nature. That is, his life through Jesus Christ. That's how God deals with the sin problem. So, the death of human nature, how does God bring to the death of human nature, which is the same thing as the solution to the human nature problem? Let's read Galatians 5.24. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24 from the Good News Translation. Verse 5 and the last it says, And those who belong to Christ have put to death their human nature with all its passions and desires. And those who belong to Christ have put to death their human nature with all its passions and desires. So the question is, if in Christ your human nature is dead, what nature do you have now? So when you think that sin is something you do, you think that because you don't smoke again, you are not sinning. No. Human nature is the strength, is the empowerment that causes men to sin. And God deals with the sin problem by dealing with the human nature problem. And the human nature problem is dealt when you come to Christ and you are born again. That's why it's called born again. Because your nature is given to you and I at birth. When we're born from our human parents, we had our human nature by default because those who gave birth to us were humans. I wish you can hear this and I know you're hearing it. God is releasing through these episodes and through this podcast an understanding in your spirit. There are things you start understanding that you never thought you could understand. God will start making you to believe some things that you never thought possible. That's why I wanted to engage with this podcast in a very sober and reflective mode, learning mode. Because God is through this podcast and this episode, he's releasing life from him to us in our spirits and once his life through his word is encamped in our spirit there are things we can start believing there are things we can start understanding so the death of human nature comes when we belong to jesus christ when we are born again and those who belong to christ jesus have put to death their human nature with all its passions and desires my passion people will use passion to find purpose your nature gives birth to your passions and desires god has different passions and desires Human beings have different passions and desires. Dogs have different passions and desires. So the life and nature of God is released into all through Jesus Christ. That's how God deals with the human nature problem which empowers the sin problem and which causes man not to walk in the ways of God and to always miss the mark. 
because a human nature never complies to what God wants. Never. So this life and nature of God is released and given to us through Christ Jesus. Let's read from John chapter 10 verse 10 from the Good News Translation. And it reads, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come in order that you might have life, and life in all its fullness. And I said more than once here that the Greek word for life there is the word zoe, the life of God, the very life, not the God kind of life the life that God has because when God gives us his life that life will release into us his nature and that nature is going to bring an end or should bring an end in our spirit to our human nature let's read John chapter 3 from verses 3 to 6 the TLB the Living Bible translation Jesus replied with all the earnestness I posit I tell you this unless you are born again you can never get into the kingdom of God for born again exclaimed Nicodemus what do you mean how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again 5 Jesus replied what I'm telling you so earnestly is this unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Six and the last. Listen and listen hard. Men can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives new life from heaven. Men can only reproduce human life and from that human life, human nature, but the Holy Spirit gives new life, the life of God from heaven. Let's read 2 Peter. We are still talking about the life and nature of God through Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1, chapter 1, verses 3 to 4 from the ERV Bible. Easy reading version. That's what it means. Verse 3. Jesus has the power of God. Jesus has the power of God and his power has given us everything we need to live a life devoted to God. We have these things because we know him. Jesus chose us by his glory and goodness. 4. Through which he also gave us the very great and rich gifts that he promised us. With these gifts, you can share in being like God. I, I'm trying to compose myself so I don't misbehave in this office. With these gifts, you can share in being like God. And so you will escape the ring that comes to people in the world because of the evil things they want. So we see in Christ, we share precious things that Christ gives us. And by these gifts, it gives us the right to share in being like God, having his life and nature. We must understand this. So sin is not what we think it is. Sin is not what you've been taught it is. Sin is not what you've been thinking all these years that it is. Many of us have been living in bondage. The sin conscience have been tormenting us. Meanwhile, there's a bigger problem. And that bigger problem is the human nature that inhabits us or the awareness that we still have it. Though we are born again, the fact that we are ignorant of the life of God that is in us and his nature that we have, meaning that our minds are still unfruitful to what God has done in Christ. So our minds are still living according to human nature. And because we are living according to human nature, we are reaping the rewards of the human nature. If you live by your human nature, you will die, meaning your actions will not be productive to God or for God. Yes, you will give to church but and all those things. You are going to do all the philanthropy, but God will never accept it. The best place you can live at that level is by principle, and principles work for everyone. If a murderer plants a seed of corn or corn seed in the ground, it will germinate. The corn will not say, no, you are a murderer, it won't germinate because principles don't care. If only you apply them, it works. So. Now we've understood sin, 
we've understood what sin is and we've understood what power sin and we've understood how God has resolved the sin problem by dealing with the human nature problem and he did that by giving us his life and nature in Christ Jesus. So we have to understand some other thing here now. We have to understand the love of God. We have to understand the love of God. Before I say this, the question is, can you lose your nature? That's the question. Because the question is, is our salvation once and for all or can we lose our salvation? That question now with what we know about sin, about the mark, the question now is, can we lose our nature? Because that's a problem I referred to in the beginning, that when we are sin conscious, we humanize God. So because men, by men I mean male and female, they get angry at you and they punish you and you do something they don't like because they focus on doing a lot. If you do something I don't like, then I get angry. If you do something I like, then I'm happy. So it has made us to humanize God. But God is far beyond that. God doesn't operate by human nature. The person who operates by human nature is the devil. When Jesus rebuked the devil in the Bible, in the Good News translation, he says, Get thee behind me, Satan. Talking to the devil through Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. Your thoughts and ideas do not come from God. They only come from human nature. The King James says, You savour only the things of man. The devil thinks according to human nature. That's why he is very unforgiving. That's a trait of the fallen man. So, can we lose our nature? That's the question. No, you can't. I'm answering your question. You have to discern it. No, you can't lose your nature. The only one who can change your nature is God. And you changed it when you came into Christ. Alright? So you can lose your nature. Can you lose your human nature normally? You can't lose it because you didn't put it there in the first place. And even those who gave you are not the custodians of it. Your parents who gave you your human nature are not in control of the human nature. So you can't change your human nature. You can change nationality, you can change towns, you can change city, but not human nature. So you ask me, it means people can do what they like now. It means I can come and do what I like. You see, we think as human beings and you know, that's, you know, it's fine. And I'm going to provide answers for all those kind of reasonings to understand because they are valid questions, of course. So do we do anything that we want after all we are saved? Do we do anything we want after all there's no problem? Now we have to understand the love of God. Before I go into talking about that, we must understand the love of God. Is it possible to love unconditionally? Just think about it. Is it possible when a husband and a wife go to the altar and they proclaim love, what are they saying? What are they doing? I will love you in health. I will love you in sickness. I will love you in poverty. I will love you in plenty. I will love you no matter what. I'm there for you till death do us part. What's the name of that? It's called unconditional love. No matter what happens, I will love you. That's what we profess on the altar, a husband and a wife. But because the majority are still functioning by their human nature, we find it difficult to live by those words because that's what God wants, what you're uttering. You are together unconditionally because that's how he loves. But our human nature now brings us to a place where we become truth breakers. Two months after, I don't love you anymore. What about what you said before? Are we seeing the problem here? Because we have a different notion of what love is as humans. Love from the human perspective means when I'm okay, we are fine. When I'm not okay, I can try. If I love you so much, I can persist for one or two years or three years or ten years. If it's not enough, I cannot die for your sake. I'm out of here. That's a human love. But the love of God is I love you no matter what. You misbehave, I'm still there. No matter what you do, I'm still there. If it means coming to die for you, I'll come and die for you. The love of God puts pressure on your love for him. The way God loves us, it puts more pressure on us to love him, not on him. 
He has already put all his love, all, all of himself down for us. So the prayer now is us, is on us to love him back. Let's read Romans chapter 5 from verse 8 to verse 10 from the New Living Translation. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. God didn't die for us because we were righteous. So what do you need to do to unearn his love? He didn't come to die for you and I because we were righteous. So now when we do something now, we unearn the love. Don't worry. Just listen. Don't off the podcast and say, no, this one is heretic. Just listen. I have some points down that will balance everything up. Just listen. God died for you and I when we were yet sinners. So my question to you is, what do you need to do for you to unearn his love? If while I was undeserving, while you were undeserving, he came and died for you, with no hope that you will accept him, with no hope that I will accept him, he still died for you and me, while we were yet sinners. What kind of love is this? 9. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies, his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Let me repeat verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. What would determine whether you're going where or what, whether how God is responding to you at the end, it is the life of his son. That's the final place. Revelation says, and I saw the great, small and great come, and books were opened with an S. Have a lesson, the mystery of the book. Books were opened with an S, and people were judged from those books according to what they had done. And another book was opened, which was the book of the Lamb. What gave a final sanction to you was not how you did what you did in the books with an S. Though there is a place for that and I'll talk about that later. But what crowned made the final decision whether you're going left or right is did you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you have his life? If it's yes, then you're good to go. I'll read the scripture where God talks about that like in detail. So it's important to understand the love of God. Many of us have not understood the love of God. If he came and died for us while we were yet his enemies, what will you do now as his son that will make him to throw you away? There are things he can do to you. There's a judgment he will pass towards you as his son, but not to discard you. If and only if you have the life of his son, that's the only condition. Finally, we have to understand this thing I'm about to talk about now and i'll conclude i'll give you an answer but i'm sure by now you're having stains of the answers i'll give you an answer to your question so first we have understood what sin is is missing the mark and we said the mark is not something you do the mark is who you were meant to become therefore means the mark is a person and that person is jesus christ because god in christ has called all of us to conform to his image because everything that god wants to do in the earth is in christ is in the person of jesus christ there's nothing that slumore would do that god will accept but if i've conformed to his image i now do things i think like him i do things like him i have the same motivation as him i have the same passion for the assignment of christ that god has given him then what I do finds relevance. So there is the being and doing. Your question says, can we lose our salvation? Meaning that God discards us, the entire person. But we have to understand that 
there is the being and the doing. God can discard your doing, but your being will be determined by, did you accept Jesus Christ? Meaning, do you have his life? And I'll show you that in scripture. That's why it's important to read scripture. We must understand three concepts, therefore. Three things in coming to terms with this question. We must understand truth. I'll explain. Truth, error, and fake commitment. We must understand true commitment error and fake commitment so in truth the person in christ jesus is everything god is says and does the person is journeying in oneness with the word because the word is truth the word is a person so true commitment is when the person at this level has held god's word to the highest standard and does everything from the prism of the word of god to the point where the person has become transfigured to become the express image of the word to the world the person is everything god is says and does and here the motivation of this christian at this level you know this level of commitment is their motivation is true and pure and their actions are commensurate or are in sync with their motivation so their nature is true they have the nature and life of god number one their motivation their thought pattern their mindset their motivation their desires and passions are fueled by that nature so their motivation are true and pure they are not self-centered everything they do is for god not for others i'll talk about that somewhere down everything they do is for god their motivation is pure and true their nature is true that means they have the nature of god they have an awareness they have come to a full consciousness of their life and nature in christ jesus and that now powers their motivation pure motives and true motivation towards god therefore their actions are verified and ratified and you know that three-step process makes the commitment to be complete and good that's where god says thou good and faithful servant but the other one error we must understand error and many christians have not understood this particular one we have a very polarized view of our christian work it's either yes or no it's either you're going left or right it's either god accepts or god discards you that's a very erroneous way of looking at things the second one we must understand is error what i call error and all these terms i'm the one just coining them error here is a christian who loves god but their problem is ignorance they are not fully compliant with truth so they have not become fully or they have not become to a very high extent who jesus is says and how he does his things the problem in this level of commitment is gross ignorance ignorance that is termed by or that stems from not operating from the word of god here the christian here still operate by their human nature i thought you said when you're born again you lose your human nature yes but everything you've still learned is still in your mind that's why there's a twofold thing you know god gives us his life and nature and gives us his mind you can have his life and nature but you have not been transfigured in the person of your mind by human nature your human experiences your human belief and what you believe to be true and thought to be true all these years will still be in your mind and you'll still be leaving them out that's a place of error that's why christ said you err because you don't know the scriptures the principles that fuels error is ignorance of the word of god that is ignorance of who jesus is thinks says and does here therefore the motivation is good because the life and nature of god is within them they love god truly 
but the motivation is good now the problem is the ignorance of the whole truth causes the action to mismatch their motivation this is where a lot of christians find themselves in the place of error because like what we read we want to do what we want to do we have good intentions but because of human nature we cannot do what we would like to do because many don't even know that their human nature is a very big problem it's a very big deterrent in their onward walk with god to become fully as him if you have never known that sin stems from human nature you are in error land because we don't do it with human nature by prayer no First, we do it by coming to Christ, but we completely do away with human nature by transfiguring our mind, by changing how we think. We don't think as human beings. We don't think from human perspective. We think from Christ's perspective. We think like God. We think like Jesus. For we have the mind of Christ. Who has ever mentored God? Who has ever told him what to do? The Bible says, we have the mind of Christ. We judge all things and we are not judged by anything. Here the motivation is good. We want to serve God. But because of the ignorance of the whole truth, it causes our actions, the actions of these people here, to be a mismatch with their motivation. Because they want to do good, but their human nature always makes them miss the mark. Either by wrong motivation, having wrong attitude, you know, um, something that comes out from human nature. That comes and tarnish what you're doing. And you're saying, Slomura, are you sure? Let's read in the Bible. I love the Bible, you know. Never enthrone anything beyond scripture. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15 from the Good News Translation. And it reads, Paul is writing, 10. Using the gift that God gave me, I did the work of an expert builder and laid the foundation and someone else is building on it. But each of you must be careful how you build follow carefully 11 for god has already placed jesus christ as the one and only foundation and no other foundation can be laid 12 some will use gold so he's talking about the foundation has been laid christ now we have to build on that foundation and he says each of us has to build on the foundation but we should be careful how we build let's continue some will use gold that's the material the quality of the material in building the edifice on christ building your christian life some will use gold or silver or precious stones in building on the foundation others will use wood or grass or straw what's he saying different materials others will use precious material as gold silver or precious stone to build on the foundation they says others will use wood or grass or straw meaning there are two different kinds of building materials that are used to distinguish a good structure from a bad structure let's continue and the quality of each person's work will be seen when the day of christ exposes it i repeat and the quality of each person's work which work the work of building your life on christ or in christ the quality not the edifice the quality but the quality of each person's work will be seen when the day of christ exposes it for on that day fire will reveal everyone's work and the fire will test it and show its real quality 14 if what was built on the foundation survives the fire remember there's fire right fire then there's silver gold precious stones as building material then we have wood grass and straw then fire is revealing the quality of our work for if what was built on the foundation survives the fire, the builder will receive a reward. Now this is the place. But if your work is burnt up, then you will lose it. 
but you yourself will be saved as if you had escaped from the fire. Because you use the wrong material to build your life in Christ, all what you've done for God will be burnt. God will never accept any other material that we use to build on Christ. It must come flow from his nature and life and his word. But the point is this, like to talk about error, where I say God can reject your actions, but he still preserves you because you have the life of his son. You will not leave my soul in hell. Jesus does not stay there. But if your work is burned, meaning what you've done for God, then you will lose it. You will lose everything you've done for God. But you yourself will be saved. Are you saying? As if you have escaped through the fire. Why will God still save you? Because you have the life of Jesus. You accepted Jesus Christ. You were born again. And you were sincerely born again. Truly. But because of error, you use wrong materials to build your life in Christ. I'm talking about material. That's why Christ says, And those who listen to my word and do it, they are like wise builders who build on the rock. So he's saying his word is a material you use. So which word are you using to power your life? The word of God? Or your human experience and your culture, your village culture, your county culture, your country culture, your African culture, your American culture, your Asian culture, your European culture. Don't understand God as an American. Don't understand God as a Cameroonian. Don't understand God as an African. Don't understand God as an Asian. You are going to misrepresent God. But if your work is burnt up, then you will lose it. But you yourself will be saved as if you had escaped through the fire. Why? Because this person he's been was born again. He has the life and nature of God. But his actions do not match the nature that he has within because his mind was unfruitful. His mind or her mind was not transfigured. So he or she still lived their life from their human nature. And nothing that comes from human nature can ever please God. That's why God will discard all what you've done for him because they were from a place of human nature. But he's going to preserve you because you were born again. You have the life and nature of God in you. And you're asking, what's the day of Christ? The day of Christ, according to what we just read from, I think it's verse 13. And the quality of each person's work will be seen when the day of Christ exposes it. So what's the day of Christ? Most is relaxed and everybody relax. I'm a teacher, so I go systematically. My goal is for you to get understanding, not a yes or no answer. It doesn't help you. The day of Christ is called the judgment seat of Christ. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5.10. And this is quite different from the white throne judgment. The judgment of Christ is for Christians when the rapture will occur and here the word judgment can be a bit hard but the judgment here is not for punishment it's for reward are you saying that's where christ is going now to evaluate all our work that we did for him and he's going to reward us and that reward will be where we'll have people um this person controlling five cities i'll control maybe 20 cities you know and you control 30 cities and all of that and the person who has lost his work will still lose everything they did but they will still be part of the body and that's where when we come back and set up the government here on earth for a thousand years, that's how people will be apportioned places to govern. The white throne judgment is the final judgment of the wicked. In that white throne judgment, the saints are going to be part of the judgment panel. Are you saying? So let's just make that distinction. The day of Christ is synonymous with the judgment seat of Christ. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, the amplified version. And it says, verse 10, For we believers, believers, not everybody, for we believers will be called to account 
and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, it will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities and abilities. So I'm using this to make you just understand what the day of Christ there means when he says the quality of each person's work will be seen when the day of Christ exposes it. And this is how Christ is going to evaluate all of us. All believers will be evaluated what they have done, whether good or bad. Are you saying it's possible to be a believer and still do bad work? And bad work is anything that comes from human nature. That is through the human mind, human understanding. Whether good or bad, that is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities and abilities. Therefore, what causes error is lack of diligence, complacency, lack of focus on God and his word. If you focus on God and neglect his word, you are in trouble. Focus on God and his word. His word is the expression of God. God through his word is telling us how he lives, how he operates, how he thinks and talks. So you want to understand God, go to his word. You want to operate as God operates, go to his word. What causes error is divided devotion, half-heartedness. Yes, we are born again, we have the life and nature of God, but we are still held up in our minds and trapped with our human nature, strongholds of culture. I know many who are born again, but they are so enslaved to their human village culture that is embarrassing. What causes error? General carelessness. Because the word is there for all. We are more devoted to study other things. But God's word, we are not there. But to receive blessings and speed and favor, we will lift up our hands. But to take our time and study, even to take some time to listen to this podcast, we will say it's too long. But you can be in your board meeting for six hours. That's carelessness. And now the third thing we must understand is fake commitment. Here, it is error that is intentional and deliberate, not minding the truth. Unlike in the other one, the error commitment part, where the person is a Christian but falls in error because they don't know the whole counsel of God. They don't know that they are the life and nature of God and they don't know that they have to go through a transfiguration phase to change their mind from the mind of Solomon Ray to the mind of Christ. Thinking like him, talking like him, having his passions and desires, having his origin, his culture. Here, the error is intentional and deliberate, not mind the truth. That is, it's willful operation against the word of God against truth so here the motivation is a bad motivation and the goal is to disguise true good deeds so in fake commitment the person is evil has not been born again but comes to a place where they behave as though they are one they behave as though they are born again they act good they dress the way most christians dress but meanwhile within they are all wolves here the error is deliberate not minding the truth you cannot be a teacher of the word of god a pastor or something and you don't study and you're just there it's gross error and god hates fakeness more than anything i said here the goal is to disguise true good deeds god hates fakeness let's read some passages where god talks about fakeness number one cursing of the fig tree 
where we have in Mark 11, 12 to 14, the New King James Version. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. 14. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Jesus hates thickness. God hates thickness. The fig tree was showing as if it had fruit. And when Christ came and was hoping to have something to eat, he saw only leaves. And that's the difference of thickness. Showing as if you are something else. Meanwhile, within you have nothing to offer. Let's look at why does God hate thickness? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 11, 13-15, New King James Version. But I will continue doing what I have always done. Paul is talking. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. Remember, their work is just like ours. Their work is pure. Their work is all of that like ours. 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Are you saying transforming? You will say, but some they are being transformed. Follow 14. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So we are transformed and they are transformed. What's the problem now? You ask. That's what I call false transformation. The word for transform there is not the word to transform or to metamorphose. It's to disguise. When you disguise, you are transformed, but the person within is fake. You are showing a different expression. Meanwhile, within you, you are fake. Are you saying? With error, within you, you have the life and nature of God, but your mind is unfruitful and your actions are unfruitful. But with fake commitment, the person within doesn't love God. They love themselves. They don't care. They use God for their own means and for their own ends. Are you saying? So their transformation there is a disguise. That's why the New Living Translation gets the translation right. Let's read the same 2 Corinthians 11, 12 to 15 from the New Living Translation. And it says 12. But I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. 13. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise. Are you seeing now? who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ, not transform, but disguise, false transformation. 14. But I am not surprised, even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. 15. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. That's why God hates fakeness because fakeness is the master plan of the enemy to disguise to something he is not. So, on the forefront, he is showing a different image. But meanwhile, within, he is a wolf. He is a user of God. He wants to bring the people of God down. This is what God hates. And this is what God is going to condemn with the highest energy. But with the error commitment, God will reject your actions and your deeds for him. Because they were from a human nature control mindset. But the person is born again, has the life and nature of God. So God will reject the works but still maintain them and receive them. But with this person, God will reject their works and reject them. Because God does not validate your actions by looking at your actions. He endorses our actions by looking at our motivation. Are you doing it for God or for yourself? Let's look at Jeremiah 17, 9-10. Good news translation. 9. Who can understand the human heart? That's the human nature. Who can understand the human heart? There is nothing else so deceitful. It is too sick to be healed. 
you now see why God has to change the human nature because it cannot be healed. He has to give us a new nature and a new life. Let me read again. Who can understand the human heart? There is nothing else so deceitful. It is so sick to be healed. 10. I, the Lord, search the minds and test the hearts of people. I treat each of them according to the way they live, according to what they do. So God judges what we do and how we live from who we are within. He tests the hearts. He tests the nature of the people. You can only serve two masters. You can only serve God or yourself. I know you say, but what about others? We don't serve others. You can only serve one of two persons, God or yourself. Others are only the object through which your consecration finds expression. That is, if you are serving God, God will use you to get others to know him and fellowship with him and become what he wants them to be. Or if you are serving yourself, you are going to use others to get what you want out of them for yourself. Nobody serves others. We don't serve others. I hear many times, and I've been saying many times myself in the past, we have been called to serve others, to serve humanity. That's all nonsense. It's just ignorance. You either serve God or you serve yourself. Others become the object through which you express your consecration. So if you're serving yourself, you will use others to get what you want for yourself. If you're serving God, God will use you to get others to know him and to become what he wants them to be. So, in conclusion, when we are saved, are we saved once for all or we can lose our salvation? God will reward truth and faithfulness to his word, becoming fully as who Jesus is, walking according to his ways and fulfilling his assignment. That's what God will reward positively. God will reject error, though from good motivation. Why? Because though our spirit has been renewed with the life and nature of God, the mind of these people are still controlled by human nature and human experiences. And nothing that comes from human nature and human understanding can ever please God. So God will reject the works of these people but will still save them because they have the life and nature of God. God will punish outright rebellion and rejection of Jesus Christ. 100%. The atheists, the other people who don't believe in Christ, God will punish them because anyone who doesn't believe in Christ is going to the other direction. And finally, God will punish fakeness for this is deceit. And the goal of fakeness is either to use others for your own means or from the devil himself to meander your way into the people of God and to cause destruction among the people of God. So if you are genuinely born again, you know. If you are not, you know. God will not reject anyone who is born again genuinely and wants to live for him. But by error, they don't know the whole counsel of God and ignorance of the truth. God will reject their actions but still maintain them and save them. And God will reward those who have been born again and have held the truth to his highest standard and have lived their life true and God's word. But God will punish outright rejection and rebellion against Jesus Christ and he will punish all fakeness which had deceit as a goal. So we are ending this podcast. Let me just read this. Just brace yourself. Matthew chapter 7 from verses 13 to 29 from the message translation. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easy-going formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do, the way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. 15 to 20. Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off some way or another. Don't be impressed with 
charisma look for character who preachers are is the main thing not what they say a genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook these diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned 21 to 23 knowing the correct password saying master master for instance isn't going to get you anywhere with me what is required is serious obedience doing what my father wills i can see it now at the final judgment thousands shouting up to me and saying master we preach the message we bash the demons our super spiritual projects had everyone talking and do you know what i'm going to say you missed the boat all you did was use me to make yourself important you don't impress me one bit you are out of here 24 to 25 these words i speak to you are not incidental additions to your life meaning you don't add god's word to your human culture to your village culture to your bakosi culture to your american culture to your european culture to your asian culture these words i speak to you are not incidental additions to your life homeowner improvements to your standard of living they are foundational words words to build your life on if you work these words into your life you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock rain poured down the river flooded a tornado hit but nothing moved that house it was fixed to the rock 26 to 27 but if you just use my words in bible studies and don't work them into your life you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach when the storms rolled in and the waves came up it collapsed like a house of cards 28 to 29 when jesus concluded his address the crowd burst into applause they had never heard teaching like this it was apparent that he was leaving everything he was saying quite a contrast with their religious leaders or teachers this was the best teaching they had ever heard god's word is so important i always say this never enthrone prayer more than god's word you're making a big mistake prayer has its role and is powerful i pray but the word of God releases into your life the life and nature of God and makes it become the very expression of who God is. Thank you very much, Moses, for your question. I told you to brace yourself. That is going to be a quite um, lengthy one because this question is so technical that I don't want to rush over it. And bear in mind, this is still a summary. To answer this question, I, I can go like for a week. All right. But I've just summarized it and given us the key points so we can understand this. So don't allow sin to torment you. Don't allow the fear of hell to torment your life. Know God. Understand Him. Know who He is. They'll say, well, what about the other time? They say, if you do 9 and you don't do 10. Christ came and corrected all those things. Christ is our template. Not Old Testament. Christ is our template. Listen to what Christ says. Listen to what Christ revealed through those He called. The Old Testament was a schoolmaster until christ came christ now came and became our master teacher teaching us the way of god he is the way the truth and the life you want to know how god thinks look at him you want to know how things go watch him you want to do everything focus on christ thank you very much and thank you for listening thank you very much it goes straight into my heart to know that you're patient and you're dedicated to listen and to learn all these things thank you very much god bless you let's pray Thank you, Father. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for all the listeners. I want to thank you for all those who are listening to this podcast and who are going to listen to it in the future. Lord, I pray for these ones and even the future listeners that as they listen, Lord, may you grant them the 
patience to go through this episode. May you grant them the understanding to discern and to comprehend what your word is releasing into our spirit. May you give us the courage to enthrone your word beyond our experiences, beyond our previous beliefs, beyond what we have been taught to be true in our churches by some Christian circles because your word is true and everyone a liar. We believe in your word. Even against what we don't understand, your word we believe. Even when we don't fully comprehend, we believe in your word. Your word is supreme. Thank you, Father. Lord, give us the courage to put these words into practice. Create in us, O Father. Help us to develop a desire for your word and teach us how to walk your word in our lives, in our personal lives, marriage, business, in our career, in our neighborhood, with everyone that we come across with. Lord, teach us to manifest your life and help us as you transfigure our minds from having our human nature mind reflected to changing it to the mind of Christ, where it is the life and nature of God, the ideas and passions and desires of God finding expression through our bodies. Thank you, Father. I pray for all of you listening that your understanding is fruitful. As you listen and listen again and again, God is releasing an understanding and his increasing your level of intelligence you know what to do in the office you know what to do as a student you know what to do in life when things come and they are hard this information is releasing an intelligence a creative ability in your spirit and you have answers suddenly to problems you are a solution provider and the world will come rushing for you because of the excellence of your thoughts your thinking pattern and how you disseminate information. I pray for you that may the mind of Christ find its full expression in your through your life and your body. Thank you, Father. Be glorified in everything we do and say. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you all once more. Moses, thank you very much for your question. And um, next week, we have an equally important question. Very, very important question. You don't want to miss it. Please share. This is a resource. Listen to it and again and again. Take down notes. Teach someone else and discuss on these things. And, you know, if you want us to talk about it and you want, you know, me to come and teach or something, you can reach out to me, the team. Uh, you have links in the show notes. You can always reach out to us and we are going to see what works and just have things rolling. So thank you very much. Have a nice day. God bless you. Have a nice week ahead. I pray that your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday and Sunday comes with everything thing that God has planned for those days to release into your life and you as well you are productive towards those days influencing the people that you meet for the kingdom and God using you to change people's lives and to advance his kingdom in people's lives and in your territory that you are in God bless you love you all I've been Solomon Ray cheers bye-bye Trust this episode was instructive and that you've learned a thing or two. Please feel free to send in your questions using the Q&A button if you're on Spotify or use the link in the show notes below if on Apple Podcast or any other player. Getting value from this podcast, consider doing the following steps. Step 1. Leave a review after the show notes below. And step 2. Share with your friends and loved ones via your social media platforms. Also, consider showing some love by supporting us by giving towards the development of other programs using the appropriate link in the show notes as well. Do you want to share a personal message with Solomon Ray? For your testimonials and message of gratitude, use the appropriate link in the show note below to send your voice note. 
We truly love you and believe in you and the person you are becoming in Christ Jesus. Till then, have a blessed day ahead and remember, Jesus Christ is counting on you to influence your world for him. God bless you.